All right. Hey. How's it going? Good, you? Good. What's so funny? Uh-huh. What's so funny? I'm having problems with my computer, and I lost you. I was like, Paul, no. I'm here. I'm here. I did not go anywhere. Nice. How's it going? Good. 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 I'm excited cool, so. about the subject today. I've got like six rapid fire questions. Oh my gosh, I'm you're way more prepared than I am. And it was my idea. So there you go. Uh, so we'll start with you. So uh, we thought about a cool, interesting idea, which would be because sometimes I'll, I'll give you the reasoning behind this idea was that sometimes you know you have these tiny little questions, they're not big enough to do a whole show, but they're important. So I figured we would try to package them all in one show. Cool. I think, I think that's good. <clears throat> I don't know if you'll like my questions, but I've got some. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be great. All right, Paul, get yeah, started. I'd like, like before we start, though, usually sales yeah. guys are known as the disorganized, unready people. I'd like you to know that I have six rapid-fire questions. Ready? In I know. I only have three. So <laughs> there you go. So who goes first? Let's do one and one. How's that? Okay, you start because you have more than I do. So you start. Okay, fair enough. So, um, and the rule is that we can both contribute, right? Like it's not like you're asking oh, yeah, me yeah. and you're sitting back. Yeah. But mine, this one's really aimed at you. So, um, why and when should someone consider marketing? Why? Because you want to grow your business. When? Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, I mean, the reality is like marketing t can take time. Um, and we've talked about this on a few episodes. Obviously, there are ways to speed it up with ads and stuff like that. But but even that, the results really start coming in a little later on, especially if you're doing it DIY. Um, so that's why it's important to get started right away. And I would even say if it's a brand new company that you're kind of working on behind the scenes, I would start the marketing even before you launch your product. Um, let's say... You know, obviously you've been in business for a while, but let's say you're kind of working as a sales consultant and you're like, mm, next year I'd really like to go out on my own. I would start building my brand and talking about sales and so, so that people already know who you are. By the time you hit market, you're, you're already up and running. Okay, cool. All right, I'll keep my next question for later because you know me, I like to bombard and push this. With nice. questions. All right, this one is for you. We've talked about it before, but I have a new perspective on it. So I wanted to see if you've changed. What's the role of email in prospecting? Oh, that's a good one. That's a tough one. I can't answer that quickly. Okay, the role of email in prospecting has definitely changed. Um, you know, you can't, you're not really allowed to spam people with email anymore. And um, you're not really allowed. Because <laughs> you're allowed in the States, but you're not allowed in Canada. I mean, you're allowed to send an email if you got the email legitimately. Yeah. Uh, but you, you could still be accused of spam. So um, I think the role of email, it's part of the process. Once you've gotten the email in a realistic manner, I think it's just another form of communication. I don't think it, it you know, like the phone call, the phone call has some very nice things to it that are wonderful, but there's some negative aspects. Email, same thing. Uh, LinkedIn, same thing. So it's to me, it's just part of part of the prospecting process that you can use. I personally don't use it a lot, but it doesn't mean it doesn't have a lot of value. Cool. I actually, I've, I've been using it more and more because I've, I've uh, come to utilize 
all this experience that I've had with you, Paul, on video, and I actually integrate videos into my emails, and they've been working really well. And so I, you know, go on the person's website, you know, check out a few things, you know, show to show them that I'm talking about them, and it's a personalized video, and that's been working super, super well. Again, it's it's more of a 360 approach, like the call. It wouldn't work well without the calls and the voicemails and stuff like that as well. But that's been working super well. So, so Fab, I love that. But let's let's face it, that's not strictly email. Um, no. You're, no, 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 you're no, no. Video, you're basically using email as a uh, sandwich wrapper for your video. <laughs> Actually, I've used LinkedIn on a few times where I couldn't find an email address uh, or, or validate the email address, or if the email address has bounced back, I've used a LinkedIn video uh, as a replacement, and that's worked really well as well. I I, I love it. I'm not surprised you're a marketing guy. Okay, um, <laughs> so my next question is, and I'm really not sure about this answer. I think it varies a lot, but I, I can't wait to hear your answer. What percentage of revenue or of sales or of profit should you spend on marketing? Let's say for a, a small, medium-sized company. You know? not, I'm not talking about a behemoth here. No, but I mean, percentage is percentage, right? Obviously, if you're Amazon, 1% is like a trillion dollars. <laughs> like, so obviously exaggerating, but uh, percentage is a percentage. Uh, obviously, the there's no rule of, there's no absolute. There's rules of thumb, I would say, but it also ultimately depends on your objective, right? So if you're really looking for hyper growth, you might want to go all the way up to 20% of your revenue because you really want to be able to, get out there, feel your word of mouth, help your salespeople get known and stuff like that. If you're more on a kind of organic growth uh, or kind of maintaining your status quo, like within the market, you might go down to like two to 5%. Okay. Um, so you're saying so, two to 20% is sort of the... Yeah. I mean, two is very low. I would say like that's because you have either a very, uh, very, very strong sales team or you're a very dominant player in the space and you're just trying to look maintain for your position. Two is very low. So I would say my, my rule of thumb usually is 10%. That's usually a good uh, a good rule if you're not really sure. But again, I would accelerate. I would make that bigger if, um, if I'm really looking to grow. Smaller if I'm just looking to maintain. Okay. Great answer. Thank you. Uh, this one is a bit more, and we've talked about it before, um, but I felt I wanted to ask you and put you on the spot. Uh -oh. If there was one question you could ask a prospect, brand new prospect, person you're reaching out to on the phone, if there was one question you absolutely had to ask them before they hung up, what would it be? Um, what is the biggest challenge and priority that you're facing right now? Cool, and, and why? Like, why, why that question? Because that's the most important thing to your prospect. No matter yeah, what you're selling, no matter what you're selling, if you don't understand their biggest uh, priority or challenge, um, then it doesn't matter what you're selling. If you don't understand their objective, you won't be able to connect to that. Then they're just buying something from you, whereas yeah. it could be them buying a solution to help them get to their objective or to, to solve their challenge or to their problem or to help them with the opportunity they're trying to, to create. Right. But listen, I would never do that. You know, it's not the way it's done per se. You ask a few questions and you right, say, right. but I think, I think that's a great rapid fire question because you need yeah. to understand, I'd, I'd ask them, what's your biggest challenge? What's your biggest challenge to reaching your objective? 
Yeah. And I think, you know, because I asked that question because I've, I spoke to somebody and their biggest challenge was something that I don't really do, which was recruitment. Um, but that's fine. And I realized like, oh, I think that's why people are afraid sometimes to, to ask that question because they're afraid to be like. But hold on. Oh. That was oh, the that's biggest right? challenge, but you still want to know what the objective is, right? Right, right. No, I mean, we, we dived into the objectives and stuff like that. And the reality, they were just understaffed. Somebody has just quit and they were like treading water and they didn't know where to go anymore. Um, but, and it did lead to a really interesting discussion, but ultimately like, they were convinced that they needed to hire somebody beyond anything else. But but that was fine. I actually referred them to a recruiter and, and that worked really well for them. And so uh, I think it's, I think, but then I realized like that's, I think why people are afraid of asking that question. They're afraid of like- You're right. People are afraid of hearing the truth. But what you did there is you, first of all, establish a link uh, of credibility with someone. And if you ask a reference, if you ask for a reference from this person, you're likely to get it. So this might be lead to another door opening somewhere else, right? Sure. And you didn't waste four or five days trying to convince them of something they, that's not a priority for them. Good point. Also, not not continuously following up for now. Yeah, time. you qualified them very quickly. Yep. You know they need raisin bran, and you're selling toast. <laughs> you ready for my next question? I am. This is a tough one. Uh oh. Is marketing sales? Is marketing sales? No, marketing is marketing, and sales is sales. No, is it just I mean, an extension of sales? Is is marketing just an extension of sales? Because you're just trying to get revenue. Okay, it's not that simple, my question. I, I I don't know. Extension to me sounds pejorative a bit, and I think there's a there is an issue, there is a perception challenge in a lot of companies where sales is this uh, marketing. The marketing guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it, it when I when you say hear extension, I hear like, oh, you're here to serve sales, and ultimately, like the reality is like you'll you your Let's growth is capped if. Are both marketing and sales just an extension of trying to grow revenue? Yes, with customer service. I would say like those are your three pillars of revenue, right? Like marketing, sales, and customer service. Again, customer service, depending on how your business is structured, because sometimes they are, you know, they're usually in charge of the, the client relationship and stuff like that. And and they can help, they'll help you upsell. Uh, and they're part of the, you know, if your customer is happy, there's a better chance that they upsell, cross-sell, refer than if they're unhappy. So because to me, those are the three pillars of revenue. And and if if not, none of those three or one of those three isn't working with the others, uh, I think you've definitely, you're definitely capping your growth somewhere. You're capping your revenue somewhere because if, if it's all on sales to do it, there's there you're you're missing out on the brand recognition and then driving the leads and and trying stuff out and, and putting your salespeople at the forefront and putting your brand at the forefront. If you're just putting too much on marketing, you're and I and I spoke to somebody over the weekend and that was he's putting all his effort on marketing, but his his back end is all uh, is not set up yet, so he's losing leads. Like he's salespeople don't know who to follow up with and stuff like that. And if you're ignoring customer service and all your customers are unhappy and churning and quitting, well, your reputation in the market will become as somebody who's... So that's your, that's, that's your trifecta, customer service, sales, and marketing. Um, I'll so around the I wrote down my next question because I know I'm not allowed to ask it right away. So you shoot your question, then I'll have my next question. My Your questions are good, man. I feel, I feel bad about my questions. What are you talking about? Your questions are great. What? is the role of social media in selling 
Oh my, that's it. What do you mean? That's an awesome question. That's an awesome. Why? How can you? How can you doubt that question? The role of social media in selling is huge. It's huge. Or to say, like someone else says, is it huge? Um, it's interesting because people do without in a specific type of industry, and it can work, and that's fine. But I personally think in today's, and you just mentioned it before, you intend to send your, you know, to be the wrapping to your sandwich, your video sandwich. I think it's it just tremendous opportunities when you're using social media, specifically LinkedIn, if it's a B2B thing. Uh, but if you're doing B2C, Facebook's great, Instagram's great. And I would even, I think even Instagram and Facebook are becoming interesting for uh, B2B too in certain situations. I got a, I got a customer from Instagram last year. Awesome. <laughs> there so there you go. So I, th I think it plays a huge role. I think, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's like the phone became to cold calling in uh, 1933, right? When people started making phone calls instead of knocking on doors. I think right. social selling is an extra tool. They were still knocking on doors in 1940, but they were also making phone calls. So it's just an added great uh, um, tool that you can use to 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 prospect and sales and do a lot more. You can use it for market, as you know. You use it for market. You can use it for customer service. I mean, it's, it's it's social media. I think plays a huge role in sales. I have another question. Yeah, sorry, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, because one point, one part that I always, I, I can re, always instinctively knew, but never really realized or was able to verbalize. Because we talk a lot about how. Uh, you know, the internet has changed everything and the, the prospect is different now. They come more educated, they come more prepared. They're coming to the salesperson later on in their purchasing process and stuff like that. But what I never really consciously was aware is that it actually also empowers a salesperson to find better leads, right? Like you used to be have to go through the phone book and you used to and just dial and dial and dial and dial. Now, you know, like people are reaching out like, hey, what's, you know, my CRM sucks, which one should, well, you know, like, let's talk HubSpot or, you know, like my salespeople can't close, like, or, you know, like you can reach out and be like, hey, let's talk, let's talk yeah. coaching, you know, and and also just when you're reaching out to your prospect, looking at what, hey, you, I reached out to a prospect last year who was talking about her experience as a, as a teacher, um, like as a instructor, I should say, and how that impacted her as a manager. And at the time I was teaching a social media class and I was like, we we bonded on that and we, we built a relationship based on that. And I think uh, we, we, you know, in the in the rush to find leads and deals and, and opportunities, we forget that the internet is actually a great tool for salespeople to, to identify great prospects and to build quicker rapport with prospects. I, I totally agree. I, I, it's a very good point. Good question. And I like your part of the answer too. Okay, I have another question. Um, and this comes from what you answered before. Okay. Do you need marketing if you're not trying to grow revenue? Or what's or let me reassess. What's the purpose of marketing when you're not trying to grow revenue? I kind of know what you're gonna say, but I want to hear you say it. <laughs> um, you know, it's an interesting one because most, you know, it, most companies are not not trying to grow, I'll say. Um, so it really depends what you are trying to achieve. First of all, there's probably a certain churn that you're helping compensate for. I'm just trying to prove that marketing is part of sales. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
no, but it is. So I, I was, I was, I was, I was kind of gearing up towards that. It's like so. For, but so what I'm saying, like, first you have to understand what you're trying to achieve. Like I said, you're not maybe trying to grow, but you are trying to compensate for churn, and you are trying to like maybe grow a certain percentage, you know, so that you can follow the salary increases that you need to give. So there is always that I would just say. But then it's also a matter of like, well, if you're not doing marketing now you're probably doing a lot of cold calling and a lot of this and a lot of that. And, and your, your little sales work that you're doing is probably a lot more difficult than it has to be. And I think you're actually in a great position if you're not looking to grow because you probably don't have a lot of the same pressure that a marketer who is trying to grow has, right? Because you're going to, let's try out a podcast. Let's try out, uh, you know, a clubhouse, you know, whatever series, or let's try TikTok or let's, you know, like you could just try stuff because, your your objective at the end of the day is not going to be the same as somebody who's trying to yeah. achieve hyper growth. I, I like your answer, but what really I was trying to get you to say, and I think you kind of said it, is that marketing, like sales, is there to grow revenue. They 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 live in parallel. They don't live together. They're they're married. They're the yin and yang of of, of revenue, with the little brother, uh, the customer service people on the side, the little sister. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, what's your next question? I like this. This is fun, Fab. I like this. <laughs> we should do it more often, like the quarterly Q&A, rapid fire Q&A type of thing. I right? should do it monthly, not quarterly. We should do it monthly. Monthly? Yeah. Oh, man, that's a lot of questions to prepare. <laughs> Fab, um, come on, you can do it. This is something, you know, obviously you know a bit my personal journey of being on my own and, and, and trying to uh, up my sales chops, you know, uh, out of necessity and interest. Um, business-wise, Fab is married and has children. He's he's on his own business-wise, not emotionally. Yes, yes, that's. <laughs> um, uh, so my question to you, I mean, it's I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. Is can any anybody become a good salesperson? Oh, that's a very good question, Fab. I like that question. Um, I've been I've been toying with that, and I've gone back and forth. I'll be honest with you. I, at one point, I believe yes, anyone can become a good salesperson if they have. The desire to do it, and then a, a few years ago, I went to the other extreme and said, "No, it's not everyone who's got the talent." And now I'm I'm sort of going back to my first impression, which is, and I'll say it this way: if you have the intelligence and you have the desire, yes, anyone can be a good. You can learn the skills to become a good salesperson. But two very important caveats, and I don't mean intelligence IQ wise. I mean intelligence. Mm -hmm. Uh, to absorb what is necessary in sales, and if you have the desire, you really want to do it, and you'll stick with it. If you have the grit to stick to it and keep doing it, you'll you'll. I think anyone could be successful. Yeah, I, I'll tend to agree. Where it's like, because uh, I used to think with the right coaching. Know, with the right coaching, of course. Like, there's you, you don't just wake up one day being a great salesperson, but um, you know, I. I you know, if, if today you plunked me into a company that was selling, I don't know, something that I have no interest in, not that it's not important, but I have no interest in, let's say, uh, enterprise ball bearings. <laughs> I don't even know that that exists, but I, I would probably be a very horrible salesperson. But but because I, I really believe in what I can offer and I believe I can I can help companies and I believe I can help marketers and salespeople and, and whatnot, I I have that desire and, and it I don't have a choice. It has to work out, right? <laughs> like I do need, uh, like you said, I have a family and 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 whatnot and and reality. Um, so I think everybody can if if they're able to tap into that desire, if they can get that desire there. And I think 
most bad salespeople are probably just not in the right company or area. Most bad salespeople are not motivated by what they need to do. Yeah. Most bad salespeople are sort of stuck in a rut. Because um, I think, in my opinion, you know, a good 80% of the population could be good in sales. Now, if you're an extreme introvert who right. dies every time he's got to open his mouth and talk to someone, well, maybe it's not the best choice for you. But I've even known some of the best salespeople out there are introverts. <laughs> yeah. You know, so they're, they're, it's, it's really about desire. Uh, intel desire slash grit and 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 intelligence. So uh, no, it's, it's very good answer. And look, we turned you into a good salesperson. <laughs> no, and and you're right. And I think yeah, I'm sure there there. I'm not. I'm sure there is a small percentage of the population that not that they're introverted, they're just completely shy and and terrified to be to talk to people. And that's that's one thing. But I think for a big chunk of the population, a good majority of the population, if you can tap into that right desire you could become a good salesperson. Okay. Now a very technical question for you. Okay. What is, or what do you define as inbound marketing? Inbound marketing is everything that you do as a company that will add value to your audience so that they come to you for more information, for more help, for whatever. Okay. All right. And can I ask the flip side of that question? Of course. What is, what is outbound? What is outbound market? Outbound is everything that you do. So mainly it'll usually fall in the head of sales to reach out to people proactively before they come to you. Okay. So let if, if right. you get to offer help and to, you know, all that stuff is still there. It's just, you're being proactive as opposed to, Okay. Uh, waiting for them to find you and, and and reach out to you. Okay, so if we had to define that, let's say in in in, in, in a realistic, not a realistic, but in a in a real life situation, uh, advertising Cheeto or Doritos on TV is uh, inbound marketing, and a salesperson calling a store to try to sell those uh, Doritos is outbound marketing. Yes, exactly. Okay, interesting. And I want to ask that question because I find some of my clients sometimes um, mix those up a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, advertising, it's interesting that you chose advertising as an example for your inbound because advertising has kind of been not uh, like, uh, how should I say, most people normally are on the fence about what the role of, like, is advertising inbound or outbound? Really? It's inbound, yes, and in that people it does pull people, but at the same time, there's an outbound effect where you are kind of interrupting people. Uh, you know, they weren't necessarily out there looking for, you know, they're, Except for the Super Bowl, they weren't there for the ads, right? They're uh, you know on a site and they see a pop up, or they're, so you're still interrupting people. So advertising, in a lot of cases, is 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 kind of a, in a gray zone. I would say where you're a good ad will probably be very inbound, but you can easily slip into the outbound of just interrupting people and bothering people and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. That's good. Do you have a question for me? Or yeah. No. This is impromptu because of the questions that you asked earlier and that I once asked our, our text, our messaging group is can, can sales have success without marketing? Oh, you're not going to like me on this one. <laughs> but first of all, it really depends on the industry. It really depends on the product. But I think the answer is yes, 
but I don't think it's a wise decision. It's kind of like saying, can I get to Vancouver without using a car? Yes, but it's going to take, you know, by walking there. Yes, but it's going to take you a long time. So yes, I think if you're selling, you know, there's a few companies that have tried this, right? It's sort of the anti-marketing marketing, marketing. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, no websites, um, you know, mom and pop shop, they limit the, the amount of things you can buy. And, uh, but then again, they're not even using sales, right? They're, they're, it's, it's, they're marketing by using anti-marketing, but I, there are some situations where it does okay. Um, you know, I have a few clients of mine who are selling very B2B stuff in a very specific environment and marketing is just not a big player. Then again, I consider sending, you know, I, I consider, I consider writing a post on LinkedIn marketing. So the answer, the answer is no. <laughs> oh. Well, no, I mean, I, I agree with your initial question. I think you, I agree with your initial, which yes, I mean, salespeople can have, or sales can have success without marketing. But I think on a, on a varying degree, you're somewhere between capping your growth and prohibiting your growth, yeah. right? Which yeah. is, uh, you know, I, I, like you said, I'm sure there, and I'm sh I don't know every industry. I'm not a deep expert in every industry. And I'm sure there's some industries where, you know, you have maybe 10 potential clients because each contract is worth like, 1.6 billion dollars and you just need to sign one every two years maybe marketing is a little different in those cases but i think in a lot of cases uh and that was a consensus in the group was that um yes you can have success a lot of some of the salespeople were at companies now that didn't do marketing and but from a company that used to and they're like it's so much harder now nobody knows me every time i'm always starting at zero type of thing um so yeah cool that was a good answer thanks Thank you. All right. Uh, I think I think those are all my questions. The rest we can treat another time. Do you know? I want to say something. A little parentheses here. Do you know what is considered to be the most successful Super Bowl advertisement? No. I just found this out this weekend, but I'm not surprised. I don't know if you remember it, but there was a Macintosh commercial in 1984 when the Mac. Ah, yeah. yeah, and that's so considered. The epitome of the best uh, market. It was it was uh, Super Bowl eighteen. Eighteen, yeah, nice. and it's considered. And you know what? You go look at that ad, and it's still a cool ad. It's still a very cool ad. Yeah, I mean, it's a classic. It's a classic, and uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not yeah. surprised. It's a good ad. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I, I like it, and it's, and it's actually it's interesting you bringing it up because it's a good. Um, it represents the power. Obviously, Apple is B2C. I mean, obviously, they have B2B uh, selling to enterprise, but um, the power that brand can have, right? And I know Apple is kind of that example that you kind of almost shouldn't give because it's so brand-driven, but uh, a lot of marketers forget brand. And, and it's a bit related to one of the episodes we had recently, right? Which is like, we're, yeah, I was like, why are the episodes like, why are marketing leads so shitty? Because, you know, there's such a big emphasis on numbers and leads and, and, and we forget all the other stuff that makes our brand unique and different. And, and sometimes we think we're not in a sexy industry. So we think, oh, well, yeah, Apple, uh, but you know, I sell ball bearings and it's not sexy, but, uh, I think that's really, a, uh, you're missing something out. If that's your point of view, you're missing something. Yeah. It's, it's a misnomer. And if you're in the yeah. ball bearing industry, it's B2B, right? You can't compare Apple that's B2C. And you know what's interesting is when Apple came out with that ad in 1984, they, they, weren't, they weren't the leader or the, they weren't no. the most well-known company in the world. I mean, they, they were 
they took a big chance. They said, we're going to spend a ton of dollars on on this advertising the Super Bowl, and we're going to be out there. It's Ridley Scott, actually, who did the ad. And, oh, yeah? yeah? I love it. Ridley Scott. And so, it, you know, it's, it's very interesting. They, 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 it's an example of spending a lot of your budget on marketing and hoping something goes in the right direction. So it was, it was just, you know, young guys taking a chance. So it's interesting. Yeah, and I mean – you know, all the people look at the Super Bowl and they say, "Oh man, it's like I don't know how many millions for a for a you know thirty second spot or whatever." But the reality is, it's probably if I were to invest in advertising, like TV advertising, yeah. and I had, but like obviously not if I'm a small startup with with a few hundred thousands of dollars. But if I had the budget, I would probably be all my TV budget in the Super Bowl. Like it's it's one of the only things that people are actually looking for the ads that are attentive. Yeah. The rest they, of the time. They, they get free advertising because they get rebroadcast the next day. They're like, they, all they, over the place. Exactly. It's the, all, it's the epitome of proper marketing. Your, your, yeah. your ad goes viral because it's a great ad, right? And that's what yeah. happened. They only, the, the only big money they spent was in the Super Bowl and they got tons of free advertising afterwards because everyone was talking about this amazing spot. And, and so it was very avant-garde. So, it was a very good use of marketing, right? And then yeah. obviously the guys selling the the, the, the the Macs in the stores afterwards, it probably made them a hell of a lot easier. They were like, oh, I want to go get me one of those boxes. You know? Of course. And that's why, but you were saying like, okay, well, you can't compare, you know, ball bearing manufactured to Apple and you're right. But well, I one's think- B2B and one's B2C, sorry. But still, there's still a lot of value in the brand. Like look at Salesforce, look at HubSpot, look at, you know, these are all like, I mean, obviously I'm in the, tech industry a lot, so I know those brands, but it's not because you're in B2B that you can't have great brand and, and add great value and have oh, I, oh, in those terms, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, but I think B2B, when you're talking about someone's objectives, the objectives is not the finality of the product you're buying, right? So right. when I'm buying the, the Apple box, you know, I love the shape of it. It's something I'm gonna own, it's mine. Whereas when you're selling ball bearings or HubSpot or, or, or the CRM, you're selling, like we were talking earlier, the the potential to help the client achieve his priority True. or objective. You know? So True. The, the shiny object is not what you're selling to them. The shiny object is what they'll be able to achieve at the end with their objectives. True. That's the biggest, to me, that's the biggest difference between B2B and B2C. Is in B2B, right. you don't give a crap about your product. It's how the, your product can help or service can help them achieve their goals. In B2C, you like that watch, you like that car, you like that phone, you like the, the computer, that, that's, that's, you know, it, it, it's a very, it's a different objective. Fair enough, good point. Thanks, Fab. It's fun, <laughs> let's do this every day. <laughs> once a month, once a month rapid fire, I like it, it's yeah. really fun. I think it was good, I think it was great. There's some really good, uh, good insights that came out. To, uh, well, you asked some really good questions, I hope what I said was insightful, but you yeah. gave out some really great answers. Thank you. You too. Likewise. It was really fun. You were fab. What's that, sorry? I'm impressed at how concise you were. <laughs> rapid fire. I feel I have to be rapid answers. I know you were you were good. You're like, no, I'm just teasing you. That was I thought Fab would poke me back there. He was too nice in his reaction. Uh, okay, so this this is great fun. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Have a great Thanks, day. Everybody. Ciao. Bye.